Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefo Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. I was a little gruffy there. <laughs> was it? it? I was, not you, me. Like oh, my voice okay. got a little gruffy. Oh, you know what? I, gruffy word. is definitely a word. Okay. Well, gruffy is just fine for this happy hour episode, <laughs> which is going to be a fun, interesting one. But I do want to put a content warning in here. We are going to be talking about sex toys. Sex toys. Yes, today. So... You know, you might want to take a listen if there's any younger people in your life that also listen, which is so cool and hello. But, you know, maybe give it a listen <laughs> before you let them check it out. And yes, as always with these happy hour episodes, thank you for joining us. Uh, drink responsibly if you choose to do so. Samantha, what are you sipping on? Uh, I decided to just be real. Is it basic for me to do rum and Diet Coke with a little splash of uh, lime? Is that a basic Ooh. drink? It sounds good to me. <laughs> Basic or not, it sounds lovely. Okay. I just need a little something peppy, like caffeine, to go mm-hmm. with the liquor portion. But yes, this is what I'm drinking for my winter cocktail. That's not really hey. a cocktail. <laughs> I think it's a cocktail all the way. I, in my continuing effort to get rid of some things that I have a lot of, am drinking bourbon and contro. Quintro? Contro. Uh, orange liqueur and lime and uh, soda water, which is interesting because as I told Samantha, my landlord, uh, my water is off and it has been off for about two days. Like completely uh, off? It cu- So he turns it back on at night. Oh, um, but okay. yes, yes. So it's huh. like a real planning game of <laughs> things. Uh, so... Anyway, this is going to be an interesting day for me because he, I went to go fill up my water and totally forgot. Can't do it. Can't do it right now. But yes, uh, we are talking about (laughs) sex toys today. And this was on my mind because I was just thinking, something we talked about in a past episode, I can't remember what, but it made me think about my experience buying my first sex toy. And I was curious if that was most people's experiences. So I have said before, I did not know women could masturbate until college. Um, I think that's very demonstrative as to how little we talk about women's pleasure and women's bodies. But I did not know it was a thing. And then when I was in college, I was going to move to China. And a friend in China said advice, buy a sex toy and bring it with you. And so I asked all of these women at a party (laughs) for their advice. And they all had these recommendations and all these things I should look for. I happened to live across the street to my parents' extreme displeasure uh, from an insurrection sex toy store. And the night I would see the blue and pink flashing lights. And so I went over there and I was just completely overwhelmed. And I went with two friends, but I was just like, I'm pretty sure very obvious that I'd never been before, that I didn't really know what I was doing. And I chose something that was in my price range that looked easy, (laughs) Um, easy to operate. And when I checked out, the place was run by a man. And 
he was kind of following me around as I was shopping and like pointing things out. And it made me really uncomfortable, to be honest. And when I was checking out, um, he showed me how to operate it and like put in the batteries and did the whole thing. And I was just so embarrassed. And he was he was giving a smile that like, I don't know if I was reading too much into it, but it felt very like leering looking back. And I was just thinking about that experience. And actually the sex story turned out to be great. Um, <laughs> it was a great purchase. <laughs> but just thinking about that experience of buying it and I was like, I wonder if that's kind of what the situation is because I have been since then, obviously, to other, obviously, to other sex toy stores. And I've had some different experiences and I've just felt better when it's women who are the the person selling selling me on something or telling me about something. But what would you mind sharing your first experience buying a sex toy, Samantha? So I have two different stories because I absolutely knew about masturbation because I was very sexualized at a very young age. We know this conversation. Moving on. However, my first actual experience in a sex shop was in Paris. And I went with a super nice guy. He was in my hostel room. And it was really funny because this whole story was, I went to bed, uh, no one was in there. I woke up, dude was staring at me shirtless. And I was like, what the hell is happening? And he was like, hey there, how are you? Very sweet, very gay, uh, young white dude who just came by himself and was so excited to meet somebody. Turns out he was so nice. We became really good friends. Uh, I think this was my second time through. I was trying to leave France at this point. I think trying to leave uh, Europe and go back home. So I'd gone through Paris to Italy, back to Paris, to England. And this was my second round through with the same hostel I'd been at before because I had such a great experience there. They were super nice. And before then, I had only had one roommate. This one had like three or four, and I was very confused about what's happening. And he was so nice. And he was like, we got to go do these things. And we had to go look because the French openings were happening. So like, he's like, I need to see, I think it was Andy Roddick at the time. He's like, I got, I got a Lacoste shirt too. And I just need to see if I can see him. He was so excited. So we went there and, and then I was talking about pretty much my naive experience. of like, I cannot believe we're this close to the red light district. And we were like within... I think we were in that community. We were in that area. And he was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm, have you looked at the sex shops? I was like, I've never gone to one. Of course, he felt very horrified that a college graduate had never been to a sex shop. So he immediately took me in. And I was so horrified. So like, because off again, Paris, Red Light District, they market this as being sexually open to everything. And obviously, the tourists know this area. So they're going to pump up that whole thing even more. Went in, not going to lie, I blacked out. I can't exactly remember what was in there because he was laughing at me the entire time. And <laughs> I was trying to get the f*** out, essentially. <laughs> so that, I didn't buy anything because there's no way in hell I'm going to buy a vibrator, put it in my suitcase and have someone search through it. Yeah, I've seen I those horror stories. Too. Oh, <laughs> hell no. Nah. Not doing it. Not doing it. So uh, I didn't buy anything there. Uh, but the experience was so great that, I, like, even though I was so mortified at that time, mm. so great. I wouldn't change that for a minute. Then I came into the U.S., I really started thinking about my life, realized I've missed some opportunities, kind of talked to my roommate about it. My roommate actually got me one. That's how we first started because she was like, girl, girl. 
Let me help you wow. out. Let mm-hmm. me help you out. And it was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was very basic. And ever since then, I have never actually, now that I think about it, I bought it on per- in person. Everything is through oh. mail for me. Mm. And I've had some hit or misses. I will say that. <laughs> I have as well. Um, I definitely have one that was like highly recommended to me, but it's a little too complicated for me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as I've said though, like not that I'm, not open to exploring because I am, but I'm pretty like, I can get off pretty easily (laughs) for a good amount of time. Yeah, I can't help it. Look, I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) It's superpower. It is. It is. One of my favorite pictures, if, you know, if we were a different uh, network, not a different network, a different show, I'd share it. But one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken was I went to this Harry Potter party And I was dressed as Hermione. And somehow in the night, we ended up at a sex toy shop at at the end. And so I'm dressed as Hermione in this sex toy shop. And I have a picture that I just happened to snap at the perfect moment where I look so like innocent and cute as Hermione and my friend is vomiting right behind me. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. All these vibrators. (laughs) I love it. It was quite a night. Now, I will say uh, we've done past episodes, past hosts have done past episodes, and we've done past episodes on the history of the vibrator, some of the current issues. And we talked to the founder of Ose, um, which is a type of sex toy. And I hesitate because when in that conversation, we talked about why that term is problematic and kind of dismissive of women's pleasure. Um, and that's just something like we're going to use that term, but that is a conversation about like better terms that we could have. Um, also, I was thinking about marital aids. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of um, an exclusionary and interesting term <laughs> right? for a lot of this. Because again, it hinges on like this, you have to be married. Right. To have There's this. Just whole- and then we're going to talk a little more about it, but the morality stuff about it. Yeah. And so if you rename it, maybe it's okay type right. of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the state of Georgia, it's complicated in itself. But yeah, I know people who, after they got married, felt free to do such things, mm-hmm. but buying it beforehand. And part of my shame factor and not buying anything and figuring myself out when it came to toys and such is because we are taught in religious background, that this is a no-no, a huge no-no, and for Mm -hmm. women even more so. And so this whole level of shame factor in it, yes. And by renaming it marital aids, it gives permission. Mm -hmm. It's such a weird, like, albeit purposeful technique to give someone permission to enjoy themselves. Right. Right, right, right. And that, that again, also just implies, like, you know, marriage is the only space you should be having this kind right. of pleasure and this kind of sex. Or, yeah, any kind of any kind of sexual experience. So, when I had this question, the, my main question was, like, what is it in these sex shops? Are they, are they mostly run by men? Are they sexist? Um, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But we did want to briefly go over some of the history very quickly and then some of the things that are going on now. 
Because despite a history of obstacles, sex toys are a very big business. <laughs> um, a lot of times, the policies of banks and payment processing services don't allow anything in the vicinity of adult-oriented businesses to use their service. This hasn't stopped the industry, though, and the retail market is estimated to be well on its way to being worth $50 billion. On top of that, popular properties like Broad City have their own sex toys, uh, or their own sex toy lines. Um, Target sells them now. I know that made the news recently. And I believe a couple years ago I told this story, but I was at home with my mom, and we were getting ready for Christmas and looking at this magazine she'd gotten in the mail, and it was like lawnmower, like all this stuff, you know. And then we flip a page, and it's entire two pages of vibrators. <laughs> And I took a picture. I still have it because it was so surprising. <laughs> it's like, oh, I mean, they've gone mainstream. <laughs> did your mom react? Oh, yeah, she did. She did. But she was very much like, wow, all right. <laughs> good, good for the ladies. Get what you need. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so sex toys were first introduced directly to consumers in the U.S. at the beginning of the 20th century, though they were sold under euphemistic labels, often medical in nature, we part of this, and promising to improve blood flow, which, by the way, still kind of happens today, whether it's the discreet packaging. I know yep. it's a term I hear a lot when in referencing yep. any of the sex toys. Um, adult toys, instead of saying mm -hmm. sex, because you don't want to say sex. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we, and we do hear a lot about the the medical benefits, but now that's much more of a, like, plus sexual pleasure. There are medical benefits, but, um, yeah, it was, it, they were all kinds of ads that were much more, like, trying to hide what it was and being like, oh, this is for medical purposes only. Uh, this started to change with the sexual revolution in the 1960s, and people didn't feel the need to hide anymore or the want to hide anymore, the people often still had to go into the so-called red light districts to get sex toys. The growing sex toy adult novelty industry, as it was called, was unsurprisingly ran by men. In 1976, the Doc Johnson brand out of California, led by the then most successful pornographer in the U.S., launched and quickly became a go-to. Oh, so many euphemisms used to yeah. open that. Yep. Gotta be cautious, though. So at the time, a majority of the sex toys available were intended for women or couples, uh, aside from blow-up dolls and pocket pussies, the fleshlight. Uh, they were not at all marketed that way. In the words of Haley Lieberman, a dildoographer with a PhD in the history of sex toys, she says, a lot of the packaging was male-directed in the 1960s and the 1970s with sexy women on it. Not surprising. Even the packaging of sex toys geared towards homosexual men. So the men who didn't no. care about women still <laughs> right. had sexy women on it. Nice. Right. Uh, and no matter the product or the intended audience, the advertising and packaging was laced with sexism. And it still kind of is. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But women in feminism started to get a foothold in the industry and more and more, like the feminist vibrator business, Eve's Garden and the first sex-positive and women-friendly store, Good vibrations. Where, do we have anywhere near us good vibrations? I don't know. We should look into it. <laughs> we should look into it. Because all I see is Tokyo Valentino, which took over Insurrection, which sounds very the Asian fetish level mm. of marketing. And I hate it. 
Hate Mm -hmm. it. I hate it. So in the 1980s, at-home sex toy parties started to become popular. I did go to one of those. I forgot about that. Did you? I did too. Did you go to one of those too? (laughs) Yeah. It's very Uh, interesting. Because I was so naive. And I think I hadn't had sex yet. They really, really, the people who threw it did it for me, they said. Like they really, again, they really found joy and seeing how embarrassed I was. And so anytime they needed to demonstrate something, and, and I'm, when I say demonstrate something, it was very sanitary. Um, <laughs> right. They were trying to get me to do it. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not the one. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think we did, it was a bridal, so like a bachelorette type of thing or something. And uh, I bought some lube that I've never used, but I do still have it. Um, I'm trying to remember if I bought anything. I think I was just so embarrassed because mm. one of the things that I do remember them giving out was the thing that's supposed to uh, allow you to have oral sex and not gag. Oh, uh, like oh. a flavor numbing agent that was supposed mm. to help you. Oh, and I my. remember like we all kind of tasted it and it did like numb you a little bit, but I was like, what? what is this? So that had yeah. a lot of things. I do remember that. Yeah, it was, it a, was a pyramid scheme, if I remember it correctly. <laughs> I mean, always look into those kinds of things. <laughs> um. <laughs> Silicone and sex stories became popular by the 90s. Ruben Sturman, the so-called Walt Disney of porn controlled much of the distribution and his business was largely focused on sex toys and porn. So again, like a man running a lot of this industry. Ah, yes. And I was hoping we could talk about this. Of course, in 1998, a Sex and the City episode, which we will come to, featured a plot line with Charlotte and the rabbit vibrator normalizing sex toys even more. And the business for that specific toy was skyrocketed. And even to the point that, yes, they brought on the most naive, innocent of characters to be the one that falls to the trap of a rabbit saying that she didn't need a man because he was the rabbit was so consistent <laughs> mm-hmm. and got her off every time. My big complaint about that whole episode is it was obviously like she cancels on them, will come to it, and hides the vibrator. And they come and manhandle this vibrator. I'm like, yo, mm. that's not... Yeah. That's nasty. Don't be touching that. I always had an issue with that whole scene. Just yeah. That out there. Yeah, and Samantha's hinting at our forthcoming Sex in the City watch party <laughs> series, which we have talked about a <laughs> lot, and it is happening. It's I don't happening. know when. That's, so that's like pretty close in the early yeah, seasons, we're about to release right? It, y'all. Okay. It's going to be fun. Okay. And there's some surprises along the way. Oh my God. Yes. So excited. Yes. I will say in that conversation I had with the women at the party about what I should buy, which. I really appreciated it. And I thought it was a great instance of women, like women I didn't even know and some I did, but like people coming out to help me and being like, you should buy this, you should buy this. A lot of people said the rabbit um, or some type of rabbit. And I think yeah. Sex and the City might have been a part of that. <laughs> uh, there's also the dolphin, which is similar to the right. rabbit. If you so choose to use a different creature. <laughs> different creature. I guess we should say we're not sponsored by anybody we're talking about currently. Um, just, I do need to ask, did you buy the Osei? 
I did. I did. Is it good? <laughs> yeah. We got real personal, didn't we? <laughs> you did. I need, I need to look into it. Okay. Keep going. Shall I go down the list of all that I own? <laughs> uh, maybe a future episode. But okay, so we've got this normalization of of women using these items, but still we do have a huge hangup around female pleasure. Recently, we saw CES revoking an award from a sex toy that won. And again, sex toy feels so like minimal. But this item had patents, like eight patents, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, around it. And then CES unrevoked the whole thing and then they apologized. It was a big deal. We did a whole episode on it and then we did a follow-up episode on it. We did talk about it in the episode we did with Osei. And a lot of the advertising, as you said, Samantha, is still very, very sexist. And a lot of it is fat phobic, ageist, body shaming. A lot of women who enter the industry have said it's very slut shaming to them in a way that it is not to their male counterparts. Right. And as like social media has kind of grown too, uh, it's interesting to see how the men will comment and really be visibly, I guess, angry because like they're typing out the comments about how this is so bad. And it's typically men just being angry about it. And it's like mm-hmm. very incel-y. Mm-hmm. I'll say that when I see these comments. Um, yeah. So as of 2017, 70% of sex toy industries belong to men, even harder to get into the business for women of color. And we've seen that in every route. I think even when there are businesses by women, unless it's the woman of color who run these industries, it's still hard for women of color to be a part of it, no matter what. I think there was a complaint at one point at Spanx, uh, even though it's an amazing company and they are fairly diverse, the handful of women that you could see when they had their like announcement for the giant like giving away and it's a beautiful thing. She treats her employees really well, it seems. But you can only see like a handful of black women, a few Asian women. You're like, okay. But a whole other story. Yes. Some stores have women in trans hours only, though uh, with the option of buying sex toys at places like Target and Amazon. This has threatened the existence of feminist sex toy shops, which has been a big topic of conversation lately. Right, which is partially why I also do it online. Mm-hmm. Then there are laws, and it wasn't until 2008, the 1973 Obscene Device Law was declared unconstitutional. But laws in Alabama and Georgia outlaw sex toys, and that includes vibrators. And yeah, if you go and look, everything is very obviously like it has to be blacked out. You can't have any advertisements for it. It can't be called, I don't think it can be called sex toys. It's called, yeah. it has to be called novelties, even yes. today. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that just compounds if you're already nervous or you're already unsure or you feel ashamed of your body or like pleasure then this is just telling you like, oh yeah, you should be. (laughs) It's obscene. It's against the law. It's that weird black bag that you have to use when you check out. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is I feel like it's still, as much as we've made a lot of ground and if we're talking about it more and more women are getting into it, when I look back on my like experience buying the first my first sex toy, just I just felt so sexualized in there. Right. Like, even though I it miss, was for me. <laughs> yeah, and, and all the d- movies are depicted. And I think for the most part, I would say probably I'll run these lines because there was definitely a BuzzFeed article about a dude who worked there and kind of like, you know, his experience uh, there. But 
many of them just seem bored and mm. like really could care less. So, uh, yeah, I feel like that was a special level of huh for him to explain all those things because even like maybe like the few times I've heard people going, I did actually go with, I did, I did go with a friend to help her find a, a sex toy because she was having some complications. I was like, let's go do this. We'll, we'll buy it together. They could care less. And they're like, yeah, it works. <laughs> You can't bring it back. Like that, that was that was what <laughs> right. we were told. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. They're very they're very key on that and I get it, but you cannot bring it back. <laughs> um, yeah, well that and that was my curiosity because I've only been like a handful of times, no matter what I'm making it sound like. But I just I just remember so clearly that first time and thinking like, you know, no wonder women right. have trouble doing and I was so glad I had like two friends as backup. Right. But that does seem like it's changing. Um, I did, I found these like list of etiquette and tips for anybody who like hasn't gone and maybe is curious. If you are really worried, you can call ahead for rules. And the rules are generally like, don't ask about the employee's preferences or sex lives. Like maybe they'll offer something about that to you, but they don't owe anything about that to you. Yeah, if it's your first time and you're really nervous, ask for an overview of the store and then go in kind of thinking about your own experience and what you want. It doesn't have to be super like firm, especially if you're new and you're not sure. But just kind of think about those things and you you won't feel as overwhelmed as I did when I first walked in where I was like, maybe I should just walk right back out. <laughs> I don't know that I should be in here. <laughs> yes. So cheers, Samantha. Cheers, friend. Cheers to you listeners and cheers to Christina whose birthday it is today as we record this. Happy birthday. Yes. Yes. And as always, we would love to hear from you. If you would like to email us, you can. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Birthday girl. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 